welcome to Tabletop Game Talk Side Chat. Mm. Hello and welcome to a Tabletop Game Talk Side Chat, where two of us talk about something sometimes related to games. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm Fletcher. This week, Chris is going to talk at me about Battletech because apparently he became an expert in the last two weeks. I did. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sarah Whitworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gifted Games in Grays Lake. And thanks to our newest patron, Old Sci-Fi, a.k.a. Tim, who I believe I missed a few weeks ago. Apologies, Tim. Um, and a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Uh, if you would like to listen to us record live and in this particular situation, talk about the episode before... Well, we, yeah, we were talking about Battletech before we started talking about Battletech. Um, you can do that by joining our <laughs> Discord. Usually sometime on Monday night we'll be, we'll be chatting. Uh, let's see. What else do we got going on? Oh, yeah, we skipped a week. How was your Memorial Day weekend? Uh, it was good. I spent it with my family in Austin. I spent it with my family in Tennessee, or at least my mom and her husband. Hmm. How's Tennessee? Where in Tennessee? I don't it, think I've ever been in Tennessee. I've drove through it. No, that's, I it went to was, Nashville. Beach Grove is where I was specifically, which is about 45 minutes south of Nashville. Uh, mm. We had rented an Airbnb and my mom's house is very, very small. It's basically like a two-room house with a bedroom and a bathroom. So I'm like, I'm just going to rent an Airbnb and you can come hang out with us. And so that's what we ended up doing. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though. It was the kids had a great time. The grandma had a great time. They met uh, Grandpa Ray for the first time. So that was good. And I got nothing done that I wanted to do, except I did paint some Battletech miniatures. What did you want so, to do? Oh, I was I brought my computer so I could play video games the entire time I was down oh. there <laughs> and you know maybe do some reading and listening to books or something and none of that actually happened. When family's there, so, it's hard to do any of that stuff. Yeah. The best I could do is I could actually I could paint when we were all sitting in the living room watching a movie or something. So I actually got some painting done, but I couldn't do anything that was intellectual or, you know, playing video games, which is kind of intellectual, you know, but Yeah. Sort of antisocial. You need one of those so. staycations where it's like, I'm just going to stay at home and, you know, have three days of doing what I want at home. That was my intent. And then I'm like, well, if I'm going to stay home anyway, maybe we just go to Tennessee. I've been threatening to do that for a while. So it became not the staycation a staycation became a <laughs> not a staycation. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, oh, we'll get an Airbnb. So it'll feel like a staycation. But it wasn't. So, but yeah, that's, that's what I was doing. I have, I did listen to a significant amount of Battletech lore over the last two weeks. And okay. I'm talking probably, oh, at least like 20 hours of Battletech lore. So if, if this, we're going to talk about Battletech. If you don't know what Battletech is, I'm going to give you a brief, um, the 2018 video game. Um, it is a video game. There's actually multiple video games. Yeah, I but. did buy the most recent version, which I think is the now 2018. That seems old. Mech Warrior Five. I just recently got that. I think it's a couple years old though. Oh, um, there's literally a is, video game that's called BattleTech. It came out in 2018. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. There's uh, yeah. There's Mech Warrior two and five well two is the one that i remember playing and then there's five and i don't know what happened with three and four um if it even existed but i don't know it's a very confusing game and world which is mechware four was mercenaries apparently okay 
it's like there's a lot in this world. And we talked last time and I'm like, I don't know where to start with this game. It there's just there's so much to this. And uh, so but I know I wanted to get into it. So I just went deep so as I do. Why so how, how I need to ask you a question. Why did you want to get into BattleTech as opposed to say Warhammer? Ooh, that's a great question. Because I would say Warhammer um, first, probably has a much bigger community and support system for you. I will agree with you on that. Um, however, Battletech is a better game. Than Warhammer? Um, I, oh, yeah. And I say that, you know, partially tongue-in-cheek. I've never actually played Warhammer, I but I know say. I'm insulting all the people who have. So, <laughs> Please direct all your hate mail at Chris. <laughs> John says it's a different game, not a better game. Um, but it does get compared a lot. Apparently, a year ago... Um, Games Workshop did something with Warhammer that like made a lot of the Warhammer people mad, and there was an influx of people into BattleTech. So if you look online, you'll see a lot of stuff that's like a year old or so talking about how to get into BattleTech and how it's different than Warhammer. And I've watched a lot of that stuff too. Uh, they're different games, but the main reason I wanted to get into BattleTech versus Warhammer is I played BattleTech in high school and loved it, and then. I've never really played... I played Warhammer once or twice, and it never really clicked. I didn't like the way that Warhammer plays out. Uh, and we'll get into the kind of the differences between the two. But, it well, the differences between the two is I know them. But Warhammer's fun. <laughs> like, you're running around in giant robots and shooting other giant robots. Like The difference is cool I know that? how to play Battletech, and I don't know how to yes. play Warhammer. Correct. That's, that's basically how that boils down. Um... Yeah, so Battletech. Brief history. Battletech was released originally in 84, 83, 84, that range, as Battle Droids. And if that sounds like copyright infringement, Lucas Studios also felt that way. So they said, hey, you can't have Battle Droids. We own the droids thing. You don't do that. So they said, really? okay, they the droids, we'll... droids thing? Um, they claimed to, I don't think there was ever an official lawsuit. There was more or less a cease and desist. Cease and desist. And you don't you, want to fight against LucasArts. And ex- they're like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this, the company was called FASA, F-A-S-A, and it probably stands for something. It's all capitalized. So it's probably an acronym, but, um, I think it's FASA Corporation or something like that. But they, I don't think they wanted to fight with Lucas Studios. So it's like, okay, we'll just change the name. Um, which they changed it to Battletech. And instead of droids fighting each other, you had mechs fighting each other, which I think is a great change because, I don't know, that just sounds cooler, but maybe it's just hindsight. Um, mechs are inherently system, cool. They're inherently cool. They just are. Um, so, But the system changing from battle droids to battle tech in that first, you know, edition one to edition two, um, there was some... Uh, there were some changes, minor changes between the two, but this th- what I'm basically getting at is this game is about 40 years old now, and the rules, I downloaded the inst- the rule book for the Battle Tech, the first Battle Tech version of this. If you were to get that book today, read the rules, you would know how to play today's version of Battle Tech. As in like nothing's changed. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's, a good thing. No, it well, I think it's a testament to how good the game was out of the gate 
So, I mean, there's been a few tweaks here and there, um, but nuancey stuff, stuff that, you know, like torso twisting in the old days also changed to hit location chart, where now torso twisting doesn't. Um, little things like that. But man, I was reading the two and I'm like, okay, this, they really just got it the way they wanted it the first time. It switched owners three times. So Fossa went out of business in 2001, sold the IP to WizKids. WizKids was then bought by Tops. There was um, a publisher. So Fossa was publishing it up until 2001. And then WizKids licensed it out to another publisher, um, FanFab or something like that. And then they lost the license uh, around 2006-ish. And then Catalyst Game Labs um, picked up the license from Tops, and they've been publishing it ever since. Most of, and, and you, I can't even find, like, I'm like, what edition is Battletech right now? And there's no addition to Battletech, which is one of the things that makes it confusing because I'm like, well, there's 40 years of books. What book should well, what, I what get? What book is the new <laughs> yeah, book? Like, so there's various printings of the Total Total Warfare is like the rule book of Battletech. And there's various printings of that, but I would not get that book. I would not recommend anyone get that book. That book is something you get way after you're already deep into it. Uh, again, I'm a master. I've been researching everything for two weeks, so I'm an expert. Take everything I say as just the absolute <laughs> facts and truth. Don't question I do the research. Don't question me. I do the research so you don't have to. Um, so before we started recording, and the reason I'm like, okay, we just need to hit record is because the we started talking about Kickstarters and how Battletech was kickstarted a few years ago. And it was kickstarted a few years ago, not necessarily because they were trying to make a new edition of the game. They weren't. They were republishing the rules again. Uh, in fact, some of the books, if you do some searching on it, it's like, well, this book just has the same rules as that book, except some of them have been changed um, to clarify what the rule is. And then other things have been removed. So Battletech Total Warfare is the full rule set. Battletech um, uh, Tech Manual is the rule set for just using mechs. The full rule set also has tanks and planes and dropships and all this other stuff that can be happening. And then you have Battletech uh, Tech Manual. Oh, maybe it's the back. None of this matters because don't buy any of this. If you want to get into Battletech, don't get any of this stuff. Um, so there's a book that tells you how to do just mech fights. There's a book that tells you how to make all of the different things that you can make in the universe, mechs, ships, infantry, everything. And then there's a book that gives you all the instructions. And then there's a book called um, A Time of War, which is the role-playing game, which is also compatible with all of the tactical stuff. And then there's a number of books that are supplements to all of those books that add more optional rules. And then there are hundreds, I think that's a literal number, of Battletech novels and stories that go along with the universe. Um it is just, it's overwhelming. It's just crazy overwhelming. So what does this mean? Fletcher, I want you to play Battletech with me. Okay. Done. That's all it is. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> so let's talk about the Kickstarter. Uh, a few years back, they kickstarted a, I'm, I believe the first Kickstarter was um, a game of armored combat. And this was a box set. And it was going to include, or did include, plastic miniatures. Because up until then, the Catalyst, or really any first-party um, publisher of Battletech, didn't make mechs to go along with 
miniatures to go along with the game. You would use like uh, cardboard standees. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to do a line of mechs. And so they kickstarted this, which made a significant amount of money, um, more than it had any right to make. And because I have the internet, Kickstarter, Battletech, <laughs> um, I can tell you exactly. So they just finished a Kickstarter uh, for Mercenaries. You can still late back that if you want to, um, and it may be worth it. I don't have enough information on that one yet. But there was Mercenaries. The previous Kickstarter was Clan Invasions, uh, Clan Invasion. And that one made $2.5 million, which was pretty decent. Mercenaries, the most recent one that they just bat, or, uh, kick-started, that one made a little bit more, I believe, at $7.5 million. Um, So that did a pretty decent thing. I think it's one of the top 10 highest-funded Kickstarters. So... That's still, you know, fairly popular. And I want to say there was one before that that I'm not finding right now. But, um, yeah, it's I think there was one before. But there's a lot of money that made, was made there. Um, and so, yeah, John mentions in the 80s. So the history of this game is is just crazy. I'm going to try to give you a super brief history because I think in it's interesting. 80s. In the 80s, when this game came out. Um, it came out with all of the same stuff, right? You had you had your your mech combat, you had your role playing game, um, you had eventually clan invasions, um, uh, all these things. They all came out the first time, but they were using art from a anime uh, group, and they they had licensed the art. So if you hmm. Oftentimes you'll hear that oh they were taking they were taking this art and they were using it without permission. That, that was not the case. They did license the art, but some of the art that they licensed was challenged saying, "Hey, you don't have the right to use that." So they were licensing art from one group and another group was saying, "No, no, no, no. That group can't license that art to you, so you're doing oh. copyright infringement." So like, "Okay, okay, we fine. licensed the we're art." Not it's gonna- like, "Yeah, but you didn't license it correctly." <laughs> Exactly, or or like so they like, didn't—they don't have permission to license art. Exactly, <laughs> to like, give you a license. So they're like, okay, yeah. we're not going to license any more art. We're only going to use our own art, and so all of artists. the next higher artists and some of the art in BattleTech is really, really bad. Some of it's really, really good. It's just there's no consistency, and so they have they mix the art with like actual nice art and then weird illustrations and then pictures of painted mechs on maps with terrain. Like there's a lot of inconsistency in the art style. It's just part of the charm. It's good. But those mechs that they originally were using, they still are canon in the world, but they can no longer publish that. So those mechs are now considered the unseen. And so whenever they talk about the unseen, they're talking about these mechs that no longer nobody has any images of anymore and it's like almost built into the lore that these mechs exist we just don't have images of what they look That's like so weird so it, it's it's kind of hilarious uh the 80s i miss the 80s um so after that they the history of the world covers about 1100 years and growing starting in 1988 so you can look at a timeline. The, the game was released in 83. Oh, yes. 83. We heard that mechs were first introduced. 
Yes. <laughs> well, 88 was not when they were first introduced, actually. The, that's just when the timeline started to splinter from what our timeline is today. I see. Um, I think in Battletech timeline around now, or maybe like five or ten years ago, we discovered how to do um, short bursts of faster than light travel. So we could travel up to like 30 light years in a burst, and then it took like two weeks for the ships to recharge, and then they could do it again. And this allowed us to spread out across the universe, um, not the universe, but the galaxy, and colonize all these different planets. And now this is where the, the story is kind of predictive in a way, because all of these planets can support life, but there are no alien, like intelligent aliens on any of those planets. Battletech has no alien species, even though they cover a no giant intelligent swath. alien species? Right. Like, there may be, like, you know, creatures, plants, animals, and stuff on these other planets, but there's no intelligent alien species. And the idea that there were so many habitable planets so close together did not exist in the 80s. Like, we didn't know there was any other planet in any other solar system. We just kind of assumed there were. Right. Um, so now, when you look at, like, well, this is actually, if we could, you know, jump to these other systems, we have a pretty good idea of where the habitable planets are in these systems. And almost every system has some kind of planet in the Goldilocks zone where life could exist. So potentially this could happen. Um, but yeah, so we spread out across the, the galaxy and created what is known now as the inner sphere. The inner sphere is controlled by major houses, and and usually the time period that you're playing, and there's five of them, and they're always at territorial border wars, uh, mostly because you spread out. Earth is trying to like control everyone. Everyone else is like, hey, we've never even been to Earth. Why are you controlling us? Also, we want that guy's stuff, so we're going to go take it. And it's just a culture of war. And the problem is, again, written in the 80s, the default weapon for these wars was nuclear. So you would go to a planet and just bomb it from space and nuke the whole planet. And then you'd go down there and, you know, take the resources that you wanted. Well, not anything living. Hap- <laughs> not anything not living. living. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, Miles says England and America. Yep. So Americans go and settle. England's like, we control you. America's like, oh, no, you don't. And then, you know, all these wars break out. I remember um, when the U.S. nuked England. You're right. <laughs> you know, it could happen. So they need, they decided they needed a better way than just nuking planets. So they signed these accords. They called the Ares Accords. that said, we can fight with each other. But when we do, we're restricting the zones you can fight in. And we're restricting the type of weapons that you can use for those fights. But everyone has to agree that whoever wins those battles wins whatever's being contested. Um if you were ever, if you want to watch a really, really terrible movie that steals all this stuff from Battletech, um, check out the movie Robot Jocks. It's terrible, but Robot it's, jocks? it's is it live action? Robot Jocks. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Miles Essel mentioned Zoids is another one. Um, now, I think that Pacific Rim is probably a better depiction of the giant robots and how they're used. Oh, yeah. Um, that was actually they, great. Yeah, they're fighting, yeah, giant robots versus, you know, giant monsters from the sea. But um, so all of these things are kind of like inspired by Battletech. Kaiji, 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 yeah, Kaiju, Kaiju. There we go. Kaiju. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, so, yeah, so there's, there's, this is the kind of the reason for all these conflicts. But what happened is you just have traditional warfare. You're having tanks and, and military and, um, 
infantry and all this stuff. They're fighting each other. And then one of the factions comes up with this giant walking robot. It's basically a tank on legs. And the I, concept see, is... To me, you're gonna it's like... Ask it, the question. Yeah. Like, is is that really ever a viable military strategy? It just seems like, no, <laughs> it wouldn't be. So, maybe. So, I the mean, first it's fine. battle... It's, mech, you know, it's all fantasy and, like, and, you know... <laughs> You know, it's fun. So the it's definitely is, cool. The thing is, in universe, it, it makes viable? sense. So the way they, the way they make sense of this, and there were a few advancements in in how why the mechs became something that you could use, um, synthetic muscles and neural um, connections and stuff like that, so you can control these giant robots. But the first mech was this giant hundred ton mech with the, a few like just giant weapons and then armor plating to the wazoo and. When this mech first dropped down and started fighting tanks, it could just wipe out entire infantry groups and tank groups and stuff because it's just they couldn't get through the armor and the weapons could just destroy everything there. Well, now all the different um, houses like, oh, we need this thing because this is going to become the new fighting machine because you know when you're limited in the weapons you can use and the space you can use it like had everything it needed the idea of why walking mechs is better than tanks or helicopters or whatever you can shoot you know air, aircraft can be shot out of, the, out of the sky pretty easily um tanks are limited in their mobility um the giant mechs they could basically climb they could run they could go through a lot more terrain um that's essentially the idea of why the mech was the right way to go um, again, all of this, the story behind why this makes sense that giant robots are fighting is so elaborate and so extensive. It's insane. It's just crazy. Um, like if anyone wants a story. to. Like you can just like, I don't know. You don't. Giant robots are but fighting because it's cool. It's cool. But when you get sucked into the story, you're like, this is amazing. Because there's like, there's like influential figures. 40 years and, worth of story. And, no, a thousand years worth of story. Well, I mean, no, well, 40, like 40 years of our time, yes. But they cover <laughs> literally a thousand years of history and time. It's crazy. Um, Tex, Tex, T E X, talks Battletech. He's done a series of Battletech lore videos, and they are amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Um, if you are in any way interested in this, just search that on YouTube and watch everything he's done on Battletech. He does some other stuff too, but I've only watched the Battletech stuff. It's so good. So that's the premise of all of this. I even haven't got to the game yet. Um, but that's just yeah, the story. How's the gameplay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the gameplay. Um, the game is fairly simple. Now, no, I sent not. you an image of a character sheet, which is called a record sheet. It is not uh, simple. Which this record sheet shows your mech. It shows all the different areas of the mech. So you have arms, legs, torso, left, right, and center torso, and head. And then it also has back. And as you get hit, there's all these little armor dots that you check off. There on the is mech. a critical hit table that takes up easily one fourth of the page of the standard. A little bit more than one fourth, but yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's not about, it's amazing. about one fourth. It's amazing. It's just simply amazing. And then once your armor is destroyed, then you have internal structure. The internal structure, as it gets hit, it will actually cause damage to the different components that are inside of the mech. That can be weapons. It can be life support. It can be engines. It can be the gyro that keeps it upright. And so as things take damage, 
your mech is harder to control, harder to move around. You may lose an arm. You may lose weapons. And this is where you just start blowing each other apart. And, like, limbs and legs are falling off these mechs. Everything on the mech, every weapon, every every system, every component on the mech exists in the mech someplace. It has to have, like, a place that you're putting it. So if you were to put a... a medium laser in the left arm and your left arm gets blown off well so does your medium 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 laser it's gone as well um it's it's it really is it looks complicated but once you start playing it's pretty intuitive because the general system is simply this i want to fire my three lasers at you and you're at medium range and that's on a table on your character sheet tells you what medium range is um well, we're looking at we're looking at PPCs, particle projection cannons. Medium range is you have to be within twelve hexes. Everything's on a hex. This is BattleTech is a board game. It's not a miniatures measurement game like Warhammer. It is a hex based tactical board game. And so, if I'm within twelve hexes of you, I roll two dice. I add my and then to know what I have to roll on those two dice, those two two six sided dice, I take my gunnery skill. I add to it range modifiers. I add to it movement modifiers. And I get a target number, somewhere between typically like 7 and 10 or something. If I roll above, I hit. And then I roll on the on the hit location table. And it tells me where on the mech hit. You check off your little boxes. If it does any internal damage, then I roll on the critical hit table to see if it hits anything inside. Do you aim or do you just roll to see where you hit? Or can you like aim you just for roll a particular... To- you just roll to see where you hit. There so, are ways to aim, okay, but only on a mech that's essentially a mobile. The mech pilot is unconscious or it's shut down or something like that. Then you can target individual parts. So what happens if you blow off a mech's left arm and then you roll to see where you hit and you hit on the left arm? Then it goes forward. So inside the critical hit table at the bottom is a, is a little mini diagram of the mech, the third diagram of the mech on this sheet that has arrows pointing in. So if they're missing a left arm and you roll left arm, you actually hit the left torso. If you hit the left torso and there is no left torso, then you hit the center torso. Um, So all of the hit locations kind of like move into the center. I see. And so you just start blowing each other up. Um, Now there's lots of different complications that you can throw in there. Uh, Elevation, um, terrain, water, uh, fire, lava, like everything you could possibly think of you could put in there but the basic game can just be played with a few mechs on a flat map with some shrubbery here and there and you can run around and blow each other up and that's it shrubbery um woods which are you know 10 meters tall and they're probably trees and not bushes probably probably trees and not bushes and and that's the basic Basic game. Um, Sydney and I are actually in the middle of a game right now where I'm controlling four mechs, or I'm controlling six mechs, and she's controlling four. And the idea that there is scenario based. So the the idea here is my mechs got split up. So I have three on one side of the map, three on the other, and she has four in the middle. And so she has to take out my mechs, but it's easier because if she's four on three, she can take those out before my other three can get to her. And then she can turn around and again, gang up on them. So that's kind of the scenario. It's one of the intro scenarios in the box I'm going to recommend to everybody. Um, and so that's the kind of game you you play. The first game you play will be relatively slow because you're just trying to figure everything out. But it quickly becomes easy. Like the game is very, very simple to play. You're just rolling 2d6 and trying to get higher than a particular no- number each time. Um, you don't roll for damage. Damage is set. 
except for missiles, um, which <laughs> when you hit with a cluster of missiles, you have to roll on the missile cluster table to see how many of the missiles hit because you're launching 20 missiles. They don't all hit, but some of them hit. Um, you know, just, There's lots of rolling on tables, but it's so, so much fun. It's just so much fun. Um, but, but yeah, it's just like this tactical miniature game. Now, the difference is from Warhammer, Warhammer is much more freeform. You're using tape measures and, you know, you're doing actual line of sight and stuff, um, where you're like drawing an actual line between the, the head of one character and the head of another character to see what the line of sight is. There is a version of Battletech that does that and it plays faster. It's called Alpha Strike. So Battletech Alpha Strike, same lore, same mechs, a lot of the same ideas. But it is uh, hexless, so you just use measurement um, tape measures and stuff to figure out where you're going. You actually can set up terrain and stuff to block line of sight and all of this. Um, Alpha Strike, though, is not the game I played in high school. It looks fine, but I like the tactical hex-based stuff because there's no, you know, there's no wiggle room. It's just you're on the hex. Here you go. This is where you're at. This is the distance you're at. Okay. Now, so. So that's Alpha Strike, um, if you wanted to not have the hex thing, if you wanted something a little bit more freeform. Now, you can play a lot more units in Alpha Strike, and it plays faster because the units are a lot simpler. Uh, But it's really... I think people who play Battletech have tried both, and then they have a preference, and they just kind of roll with that one. Or maybe if you like, we want to do a large-scale battle, so we're going to use Alpha Strike rules. We want to do a more, um, you know, small-scale battle, so we're going to use, you know, the regular Battletech rules. So either one of those can happen. So I talked briefly about these boxes. There's five box sets that exist. The first one is, well, the first one I'm just going to throw out there is Alpha Strike. Um, you can get that if you want the the Alpha Strike game. Um, it's a different game than the other one. The other one, the, the core one, is called A Game of Armored Combat. This is the box if you want the full mech experience and you want it in a cheap <laughs> box, and you want to get miniatures. This this comes with like eight miniatures. Um, pretty sure eight miniatures. This is the this is where you start. I want to play BattleTech. I want to learn the rules. Get a game of Armored Combat, the box set, and you're good. What's confusing is there's also a box called the Beginner's Box. This is also mech based. It includes two miniatures and then a bunch of cardboard standees that you can use. Um, and it takes out a number of rules that the full game, no, the game of armored combat box set does. The full game is a whole different story. And it removes the need to manage heat. It removes um, terrain levels. It removes uh, a few other things. But you're still playing Battletech. Um, oh, it, retur- it removes the critical hit table that you were talking about and all internal damage. So you just have like one so level of armor. It makes the game a lot easier. It makes the game a lot easier for beginners, right? If you if you are just, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm interested in this. The beginner's box is a really good place to start because it's not going to be overwhelming with fiddly rules. But everything there, there's still tables, there's still things to do. Everything there is still completely used in the next level, which is a game of armored combat. And so if you play the beginner's box and then you move to game of armored combat, you're just going to be adding some stuff. At that point, if you really like the game, then I would say go to the Clan Invasion box set. It talks about clan technology. Um, I talked about like the houses in the Inner Sphere. Well, the clans got really upset with the Inner Sphere. Well, they weren't clans at the time, but the military general of the time 
um, got upset with the Inner Sphere, and they flew off like you know hundreds of light years away and formed their own society for several hundred years. And they formed clans, and these clans decided that they were going to come back and help the Inner Sphere achieve their full potential by taking them over. So the clans attacked <laughs> the Inner Sphere. Um, now the clans took with them the technology of the time, and they iterated on it. The Inner Sphere was in constant war and actually went backwards in technology because the different battles were attacking factories and research plants and it essentially bombed themselves or you know combated themselves back into the dark ages of tech. So when the clans come in, they have all this like high-tech stuff that can just like wipe out the Inner Sphere stuff. However, the clans are crazy and they have very strict rules on how they fight. They'll actually like nerf themselves because they're like, well, it's not honorable to just wipe someone out with more technology. So if somebody doesn't have as many weapons, we're just not going to use as many weapons either. So there's these weird, like very high tech mechs. Very weird. But we're we're at war. Let's handicap ourselves. Exactly. So they were actually defeated when they were pushed back by the Inner Sphere. Well, Comstar, which is like this, it's a utility company. What's, what's so the, the utility of company advanced technology if you don't use it? <laughs> exactly. So the communication company of of the InterSphere, Comstar, um, they challenge no, Comcast. <laughs> like they're kind of like Comcast. Um, they challenged the clans and said, "Look, we're gonna challenge you on this planet. If you win, then you get to take over everything. But if we win, you have to leave and you can't attack us anymore." And Comstar didn't play by the clan's rules. They just took advantage of the clan's rules and wiped them out. It took quite some time, and there was a lot of you know damage on both sides. But um, essentially, the the utility company fought back the clans and saved the inner sphere. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It's such. It's so amazing. <laughs> so then you have. So that's the clan invasion box. Um, the one that was just kickstarted is the mercenaries box, and these are. Typically, what you would play if you're playing like MechWarrior or something, you're part of a mercenary company and you just go where the money is. You have a you know a group of mechs and like, hey, go guard this research facility or go escort this whatever. Um, so those were, were the mercenaries. They didn't really have any loyalties except for where money was. After the box sets, after you get those box sets, that's when you can actually start looking. I mean, you can look, look at any time, but that's when you can like pick up the bigger hardcover box books and like okay, what else can I do? And here's a zillion more things you can do. Um, Just a lot. There's just a lot here. There's technical readouts, which give you, it's each two-page spread is the description of a mech, its history, its notable pilots, and then the different loadouts that the mech can have. And so if you get a technical readout book, you're basically getting information on all these mechs of these different eras. Oh, right. There's different eras. There's a lot of different eras. There's a thousand years of history. And depending on when you play, you may have different tech available to you. Don't worry about that, though. That's why you get the Game of Armored Combat box, the Clan Invasion, and the Mercenaries box, because that walks you through the most common eras and eras in technology. Um, once you start looking at the other eras, you're like, what? Also, I mean, every it's a mech- hard sell that like if you just open up the box, it's just a giant book, and it's like read this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the book, the the Game of Honor Combat book is like uh, I want to say uh, somewhere between thirty and sixty pages. I've read a it's lot of books, but there's somewhere. Out. It's yeah, it's a decent, 
it's a it's a decent side board game manual. Um, if you if you like complicated board games, it's not any more complicated than that. So you have all these eras that you can you can participate in, but every mech has a battle value. So really, if you're just playing casual games, you just build them. You can build a mech or pick a mech. Typically, pick a mech. There are hundreds to choose from, and as long as your battle values are similar, you'll be at like kind of equal footing. So that's how you kind of weight what you can pick. Um, so you don't need to really worry about the technology levels or anything. I was very concerned about like, how do I know what technology to use or where? None of that matters. Um, then you also have the record sheet books. Now I find the record sheet stuff is more, if you're more interested in gameplay, you want record sheets because the record sheets are also the mechs, but they're the actual like character sheets you need to play the game. The tech readout has the information for the mechs and you could make you could transfer that information to a record sheet, but it's more informational than than play material. So that's the difference between a technical readout and a record sheet. Uh, yeah. Also, you don't need miniatures in this game. Warhammer, you have to have miniatures. They have to be painted to a certain you know quality. How they're painted is part of your the scoring system. In BattleTech, it literally is like, eh, use whatever you want to represent your mechs. You want to use pennies? Fine. Like you can do whatever you want <laughs> to represent your mechs. Abraham Lincoln is on a rampage. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's basically anything you want to do there. Uh, But you know, now that there's like miniatures, the miniatures are relatively cheap. You can get a pack of a lance of miniatures for like five miniatures. I think is in a box for like twenty bucks or something like that. Um, They're nice quality miniatures, easy to paint. So I think a lot of people will end up buying and painting miniatures. Plus, the starter boxes all have miniatures in them. So you'll end up playing with those miniatures. They're they're quite nice. Um, but yeah, but if you're playing a home game, you can use whatever you want. And even tournament rules, any tournament rule, it, there's not like an official organized play program that I can find. But in general, the rules simply state you do not need painted miniatures to play this game. You can do whatever you want. But a tournament could say, hey, we want painted miniatures or whatever um so miles is like correct there is no official organized play there are are groups and stuff that you can kind of join and see and play and stuff but um you can just really you want to play you set up your own rules you pick a scenario that's available and you go from there um it's it's just a skirmish game it's a skirmish game unless you want to make it bigger and it can be a role-playing game where the combat is where you the role playing game has your characters and your mech warriors and and whatever and then when they jump into big mechs then you go into the more tactical um stuff like that so it is i i don't know i've like i've only barely scratched the surface also there's a ton of video games uh mech warrior 5 if you want to play you just want to play a digital version of the game grab that it's i've been playing it i played it for the first few missions um it it has the same flavor and feel you're running around in these giant mechs. You can configure them. You can get better weapons. You get experience. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a fun, fun game to just run around in a giant mech and blow things up. Mech warrior five available on steam. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's only, only PC. Um, no, it's PlayStation, but yeah. And PlayStation. Yeah. Oh yeah. It actually is on, on the consoles as well. I should, yeah. I should play it on PlayStation. I think it'd be fun with the controller. I've been playing on PC, which is it's it's good, um, but I think with a controller it might be cooler. I don't have to try it out. So yeah, there is 
there's just so much here, so much history, and it's all war. Uh, this isn't. There's some, you know, golden age. Everyone's prospering, that kind of stuff. That those eras are super glossed over in the history, and they just get to the next war and the next war and the next war. But how these people fight, who's fighting who, why they're fighting, what their motivations are, is so detailed and so fascinating. Um, I haven't read a word of lore. Like the the story is built into the the rule books. Um, in the box set, you'll get some primers and stuff like that that you can read. I haven't done any of that. I just went to YouTube and said BattleTech lore. And just started listening to all of the stuff. And it was, it's just, it's so good. So good. So, hmm. Battletech. Um, is it like Car Wars? I was just about to say, like, why Battletech over Car Wars since you got into Car Wars? Well, I don't know. So, not first, but like you were into Car Wars a year ago, let's say. Yeah. So, I like Car Wars because it reminded me of Battletech. And but the construction system was very simple in Car Wars, and I still feel that it's like I I like the construction system in Car Wars. It's very straightforward, very easy to build a car and start fighting each other. Um, if BattleTech had a similar system, I would totally play that because I I like making my own stuff and then and then fighting it. BattleTech though allows you to control multiple mechs uh, on your team more easily. Where Car Wars really caps out at four, because then it just starts to bog down. With Battletech, you can have you know four to eight mechs on on a team, and it doesn't feel bogged down. It feels exciting. It feels like there's a lot that can happen. Um, it doesn't take up as much space because mechs are walking, and you don't you know you're not. It it just the the scale is different, so you can put more on the table on a bigger scale. Um, but the idea of running around shooting things until you're the last one standing, that's going to be equivalent. Setting up scenarios, that can be equivalent. They serve different purposes, and I think both of them can be fun and viable to play. Um, oh, right, Miles says, don't forget about the Mech Commander games as well. Um, there's there's so much. Battletech has so much. There's actually a Battletech cartoon as well. Uh, it's, cartoon. I, the, in the 80s, it, Battletech was huge. Eighties, early nineties, it was it was huge. So yeah, so for as far as um, the difference there, you know, you have Car Wars, you have uh, Battletech, and you have Warhammer. Warhammer has actually gone through a bunch of editions, and each edition, yeah, re- like kind of negates the edition before it. With Battletech, each edition is really just a reprint and clarification of the rules with some minor tweaks here and there. So that's why you can read the first edition Battletech, and still use most of those rules today. So if you played Battletech in the olden days, it hasn't changed that much. You're not going to have to learn a lot. You just you know refresh your, your memory with using the um, Game of Armored Combat rulebook, and you're good to go. You can also play for free. Uh, the beginner box rulebook is online. And since you don't need mechs or anything like that, if you have some basic hex paper and you know some pawns to represent your mechs, there's tons of um, record sheets out there that you can just print out, and boom, you're ready to play. You can download everything and just play, no problem. Um, Cerna, Cerna, I want to say Cerna.net. Um, let me... Uh, Sarna, S-A-R-N-A.net, is like a Battletech wiki that just has everything. Um, so if you really wanted to get into it, you could just kind of go there and say, okay... 
I want to play Battletech tabletop. You click on that, and then it gives you the gameplay, history, publications, galleries. Um, it gives you every mech that exists you can click on and get to the record sheet and just print it out. Uh, it's And the one thing I really like about Catalyst or Tops or... It's probably Tops since they own the, I, the IP, but maybe Catalyst because they have the rights to it. They love the community getting involved. The amount of tools that are available from the community is huge. There's also places to play online that fully implements the rules. So you can like build your mech and fully play a, you know, a game of Battletech all online. Um, so there's, there's a ton of active support for this game more than I ever thought there was. Like I did not realize that this game was still as supported as it is. And with the Kickstarter numbers, like, they're still 40 years in is now a pretty good time to get into Battletech. Um, <laughs> if you want to play online or build your own mechs, uh, Mega Mech, M-E-G-A-M-E-K, is where you can play online. And Mega Mech Lab is a mech builder. So you're like, I'm going to build this mech. Um, don't go there first. It's it's overwhelming if you haven't got the basics down. Uh, but once you have the basics down, the rest of it's pretty easy to start you know, picking, picking up on. So giant robots, what do you think? I mean, it's a good, uh, it's a good premise. I mean, giant robots and giant mechs are, are just fun, flat out fun, regardless of how viable they are. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely down to, to play. All right. I think, I think you would like it a lot and we can play it online. So I'll, I'll figure out how to use mega mech and, we can just play an online game and play Battletech. And it'll take care of all the rules for you because it's like BGA right. for Battletech. So it's kind of a really easy way to get into it. Um, but yeah, that's Battletech. So I don't know if I helped anybody. Probably not. <laughs> but... Scared them away. <laughs> it's, it's a, it is a fun universe. It's just a fun universe. And this text talk guy, like, he is just... His persona when doing the history is as if he was a mercenary mech pilot giving lectures from the future. So he talks about everything <laughs> as if it were real and happened. And then he interjects his own opinions and, and things. It's like, well, I think this guy is just a jerk. And he uses more uh, colorful language than that. And it is so good. And then they put like in-world commercials in there so as you're watching there'll be like these intermissions and then oh, at the no. end there's all these commercials for in world and they're hilarious like it's it's so good you never have to play the game just watch tech socks battle tech and you'll be like all right this is hilarious and i'm addicted <laughs> so all right that's battle tech <laughs> thank you for talking at i think me. if we yeah hey anytime i was gonna give you research i'm like okay take a look at it and then i could not actually think of anything you'd be able to consume in any reasonable amount of time <laughs> step one build so a like, time machine yeah and just listen to all the stuff i have for the last two weeks and go back in time two weeks here's a here's a document of everything that you need to read here's a spreadsheet of all the documents you need to read go i started doing that i'm just like i can't even start um yeah i got a bunch of PDFs off of Drive Through RPG. So if you want the PDFs of them, they're all available on Drive Through RPG. Um, some of the PDFs on Drive Through RPG are actually available for free in other places. Uh, but like the like 
tech readouts and record sheets and stuff like that. You could potentially get some of them for free, um, but they're only like 10 bucks on drive through and you know, you can print out as many copies as you need. So that's probably where I would that. Well, that's not probably that's where I went and, and got a bunch of uh, stuff to take a look at and things like that. But again, just get the game of armored combat box or the beginner box. Either one of them's fine. If you're, more intimidated, get the beginner box, and then you can get the armor combat later. If you're like, no, 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 I've played some tabletop games, I know what I'm doing, get the game of armor combat, and you'll be off to the to running. For that's for everyone off else. Fletcher doesn't buy games. Yeah, off to the races, off to running on the races. Um, but yeah, Fletcher doesn't buy games because I just buy them for him. So uh, yeah, that's only true. talking. I did buy all the, the Marvel stuff though. You did. I don't know where I'm, I'm going to put all of it <laughs> when it arrives. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of those boxes just get thrown away because you're like, I'm just going to throw all the miniatures in one box. Right. All right. That is Battletech. It's really just a board game. Um, so, Fletcher, your turn. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Still, we have a Discord. There was a question. Wait, there was a question on the Discord if we're still part of the Dice Tower. As far as I know, yes. I've never gotten an email saying otherwise. Um, however, they have restructured things and their podcast network is less thing. But that's okay. As f- Until I get an email from Tom saying, stop saying that, we are still a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. All right. Tabletop, ta- blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a maybe a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. <laughs> We have a Discord. Join us there to continue the conversation and be a part of our recordings. It's also where you'll find an endless stream of games you can play with us and other listeners on BGA. Links are in the show notes, or you can go to tabletopgametalk.com to find out more. Hosting fees and giveaways are provided by our sponsors to our patrons. This is why I should just read what I write. Um, (laughs) Thanks, patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener, Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Email Jill Jam, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Flash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Michael Lutz, uh, sorry, Nicholas Lutz, uh, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verholz, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yannikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Mittler, Richard Yassi, Token Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, our newest patron, Old Sci-Fi, a.k.a. Tim, um, David, Brian, Courtney, Ryan, Dan, Darren, David, Jesse, Charles, Agnes, Ron, Aaron, Don, Glenn, Eric, Adrian, Eric. There's a lot of Eric's. Jason, Jerry, <laughs> Sean, Chrissy, Monica, and Michael again. Uh, thank you to everyone who's ever put- <laughs> so <laughs> been. Eric, 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 Eric. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, patrons. If you want to be one, links in the show notes. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. Have you played Warhammer? Um, no. I I think I may have once, like literally when I was in middle school, because I had a friend that was in it, but I don't really remember it. And it, I think it was he wanted to play, so he he just you know, like needed another hand and another brain to like move things around, kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah, Warhammer is another one where I'm like the main reason I think I haven't played it is because there's so many different versions of it. I don't know where to start. So Sydney and I played Sh- um, Shadespire for a while, which is you know the more board gamey version of it. Um, 
but then I'm just like, I can't get pulled into the rest of this. Um, oh, plus, you also, have to it seemed buy like, their specific miniatures. To me, it was like people like to buy the miniatures and paint them. And I was like, I was not about that. I was like, no, I don't want to paint that anything. Thank you. I didn't mind painting Shadespire because they had smaller groups, like three to seven was the most you would paint. Um, but like a whole Warhammer army and painting like 100 orcs and stuff. Yeah, not going to happen. 